Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Sarah. And I'm Toby. And this is the Whispering Woods podcast. This episode is all about... Hide behinds. Yes. So it's the hide behind today, but first of all, we have a review to read. Yay! I love paranormal story podcasts, and this is the best one I've found. The narrator is perfect. Thank you. Wow. That's a bit of an achievement, isn't it? Thank you so much. And that's to Ray1984. Thank you so much. I love that. (laughs) I hate my voice as well. So there we go. (laughs) If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving a wonderful review like that one or subscribing to our Patreon account, which you can find at patreon.com forward slash the Whispering Woods. We have got three tiers there. One is just a tip. Um, £3 tier, you can listen to all of the episodes ad-free. And the £5 tier, you get an extra episode every week. And you can also listen to everything ad-free. Right, the hide behind. Have you heard of the hide behind? No, I haven't. Okay, that's a good job. I've done an introduction piece. Okay, so are you ready for that? Yes, I am. Let's do it. The hide behind is a nocturnal and elusive creature of American folklore that preys upon humans that wander the woods and was blamed for the disappearances of early loggers when they failed to return to camp. As its name suggests, the hide-behind is noted for its ability to conceal itself. Whenever someone tries to look at it directly, the creature quickly hides behind either the observer or a nearby object to remain out of sight. 
the creature uses this ability to stalk humans without being detected and to launch sudden attacks. Said victims, including lumberjacks and others who frequent the forest, are then dragged back to the creature's lair to be devoured. The hide behind is a creature of American folklore that emerged in the 19th century, mainly within lumber communities in North America, and was particularly feared by lumberjacks. During this time, lumberjacks had many concerns while on the job, such as physical injuries, dangerous wildlife, falling trees, and the hide behind. Legend has it that this entity was named after its hunting tactic. It would hide behind its prey. The hide behind would lurk behind trees in the forest and stealthily stalk its victims while blending in with the surrounding environment. It has a gruesome modus operandi. It creeps closer to its prey when their back is turned and then instantly attacks, gouging out the stomach and intestines of the victim. It then feasts on the raw meat of its kill. The attacks are so sudden and terrifying that even if the victim manages to survive the assault, they often die of fright. The physical appearance of the hide-behind is difficult to determine, as few have actually seen it. However, those who claim to have caught a glimpse of the creature describe it as having a wraith-like canine or vaguely humanoid form. Some say that it is covered with black fur. Others say that it is hairless and pale. Some say it has glowing eyes, while others say it has no eyes at all. Some say it has sharp teeth and claws. Others say that it has no mouth or limbs. Some describe it as big as a bear, whilst others say it's as small as a cat. There are those who say it can shapeshift and mimic the sounds of its prey, whilst others say that it's silent and invisible. The only thing that seems to be consistent about the hide-behind is that it's a master of hiding. The origin of the hide-behind is unknown, but there are several theories and stories that attempt to explain it. One theory is that the hide-behind is a product of genetic mutation, caused by exposure to radiation or pollution. Another theory is that the hide-behind is a hybrid creature, resulting from crossbreeding between different animals or even humans. Whilst others believe it's a demon or an entity created by Native Americans to protect their lands from invaders. Really hard to define what the hide behind is. Yeah. I do wonder if it's inspired other folklore creatures like the rake, um, Sasquatch, it's very similar to that, also aliens or demonic entities who knows what it is and it's also very versatile because it can look like all sorts of things 
Yeah. It does sound kind of not that scary until, like, uh, something peeking out at you is scary. And also, but it doesn't sound too bad until you find out that it's going to eat you. <laughs> if it finds you. Yeah? Yeah. So don't go walking the woods on your own. Right, I've got three stories today that are retellings. Two shorter stories and then a long one. So are you ready for the first story? Yes, I am. Hiking is my passion, but I usually go alone because my friends are not very active and they tend to slow me down. One Saturday afternoon, I decided to hike a trail that I'd done many times before, but only in the early morning. I knew the trail was long, and I would finish around sunset. The trail was a nine-mile loop with a gradual ascent on the way back. The first half of the trail was in a dense forest, and the second half was along an open mountainside. The forest was so dark that even the sun couldn't shine through the trees. I started the trail and saw some hikers returning, but I realised that I was one of the few people still on the trail, so I increased my speed to make sure that I finished before dark. I had no problems hiking, and I reached the end quickly, took a short break, and turned around. It was about 4pm when I was halfway back. I was alone on the trail, since I had passed the few people who had also reached the end. The sun was hiding behind the mountains, and the forest was getting darker. I pushed myself up the slope through the forest. There was no one else on the trail except me. I felt uneasy being by myself on this trail, so I listened to music and focused on my walking. I noticed a black shape about the size of a small animal crossed the trail. It wasn't an animal because it moved too fast, and it had no colour, form or features. It was just a shape. It scared me a bit, so I began to jog. I could see the light fading and the darkness growing. As I jogged, I felt like something or someone was following me. I was sure no one was behind me, because I was alone on the trail the whole way back. I took out my pocket knife that I always carried with me in case I needed to defend myself. I got tired of jogging halfway through the forest, so I decided to walk fast. As I slowed down, I felt the urge to look back, and I glanced over my shoulder a few times. I kept a fast pace for about half a mile or so, and I was near the trailhead when I looked back again. I saw a black figure following me, about 30 feet behind. The figure had a head and a torso, but the lower part was just a black mass. As soon as I saw it, it disappeared into the trees in a flash. I was terrified, and I ran for the trailhead. Luckily, I was closer than I thought, and I was relieved to see the sunlight in my car. I ran to my car so fast that I didn't notice the people in the parking area who were about to leave until I was in my car, shaking and trying to calm down, before I drove away. I've not gone hiking since that day. It's been two months. I did some research on the trail 
and found out that it was used in the late 1800s to travel between gold mining towns. It was abandoned for almost a century until it was rediscovered in the 1980s for recreational use as a swimming hole. So that's what I'm going to be looking for when I'm out in the woods next. Yeah. Not that I've been doing that lately because it's just too ugh out there. Yeah, I don't really go in the woods to be honest. I do. I love it in the woods, but I'm just like, I'm so depressed at the moment and just staying. <laughs> I'm waiting for the spring to come and then I'll get back out there again. Yeah. Not far now. Not long now. Another month or so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you did think you used to like going into the woods though. I mean, yeah, I would go into the woods if like I was with my mates and we're doing something in there. But yeah. I wouldn't just go into the woods, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you wouldn't, not till you when get a bit younger, older. When I was younger, I did, obviously. Yeah. Those, those little adventurer. Yeah. Adventurer. Well, you still do, don't you? In the, in the like summer, you don't go down there and find yeah, your little spot. Yeah, I mean, spot. if we get encouragement, like, yeah, we'd be like, oh yeah, we'll go there, and then we'll just end up walking and we'll just go somewhere. Yeah, yeah, get out there. Right, are you ready for the second story? Yes, I am. My friend and I were into graffiti, and we wanted to spray paint a wall under the Mississippi Bridge in Tennessee. We lived close to the bridge, so it wasn't a long drive. We arrived and parked our car, and we walked under the bridge at night, looking for an empty spot to tag. We heard a loud noise as we walked, and we ran away. We didn't want to take any risks. The noise followed us all the way back to the car, as if it wanted us to leave. A few nights later, we went back with another friend, thinking it might have been just an animal. I had a bad feeling when we got there, but I ignored it. I learned to trust my gut later. This time, we parked right in front of a free spot under the bridge, so we could leave quickly if we had to. We got out of the car, and my friend started her tag, while I held the flashlight for her. My other friend stayed by the car, because he was afraid of being under the bridge. We heard a loud noise again, very close to us from the woods. We ran back to the car and drove away, and then my friend realised she forgot her phone. We had to go back. My friend drove next to the phone, so we didn't have to get out of the car. When we got back to the road, I asked them if they saw what I did. I'd seen a shadow, like a human shape, behind one of the poles. My friend said he saw it too when he got the phone. He said he felt like he shouldn't look away or it would get closer or move. My other friend said she saw it too and that is why she aimed the headlights at it when we left. A few nights later, we were all at my house. My friend who got the phone went out for a minute to get something from the car and he came back saying he saw the shadow again but it was gone when he looked at it. When my friend left to go home, the one who drove, she called me and asked if I was screaming. I said no, and she said she heard me or another woman scream. She said she smelled something awful when she got home. I didn't want to stay at my house alone after that, so I went to my other friend's house, the one who got the phone, and we got cleansed by his mum, who was a Wiccan for a long time. The cleansing didn't work, 
the smoke went away from us. But when we were on the porch, I looked at the woods across the street, and I saw it again. It was there, watching us. My friend saw it too, and he nodded. I think it was a hide-behind, from what I know. The scream, to copy human sounds, the smell, they stink, and the shadow that hides when we see it. I got a protection spell from a strong witch in my family and have not seen it since. But I still feel like someone is watching me. I believe in cryptids and other creatures, but I'm not paranoid. I want more answers, and I want to share my story to see if anyone has any explanations or similar experiences. Sounds That sounds more like you at the moment, wanting to do your tagging. Yeah. Those stickers are coming actually later today. I've bought Toby some labels because he wants to do some tagging. This is something new on me that you draw on the stickers and then you go and stick them. Maybe I'm not meant to tell anybody that. Is it illegal? I don't know. Is it classed as littering? (laughs) I don't know. I suppose you just don't get caught. Anyway, they can't be picky with that, can they, really? Yeah, if there's millions everywhere. Yeah. But you can't be like, if you catch someone doing that, you can't be like, oh, you can't be doing that. Well, the reason I'm saying that is, like, Banksy, he's allowed to go and graffiti. Yeah, but I I mean, just because he's famous, isn't it? But that's what the fame does to you. And I'd be like, mate, I'm trying to brighten up the place. It's it's turning bad, this place. You've got to brighten it up. Yeah, exactly. And the thing that I'm trying to say is, you can't say, oh, because he's famous, we're not going to arrest him. Because that's discrimination. Yeah. So if you get caught, I'll have something to say. <laughs> I'd be suing him. Yeah. You know what I'm I'm like, Banksy, I'm like... what? Like, you can't be doing that to me. I'm not Banksy, he's Bristolian as well. Like. Exactly, love. <laughs> We've got the comparisons there. <laughs> it also reminded me a bit of that episode, you know, with the, what are they called again? The angels in Doctor Who, when you look away and they get closer. Can you remember that? Oh, you didn't watch it. Oh, it's me and Maisie. We loved Doctor Who. It was (laughs) it was mint, especially with these um, scary angels. They were like you know the ones you get on uh, graveyard in graveyards. Yeah. And they'd have their hands up in front of their faces, and you'd see them and go, "Okay, that's a bit freaky." But as soon as you looked away and you looked back at them, they'd be closer to you. Yeah. Until they got you. I mean, if if that happened to me, I don't know what I'd do. If I've seen a statue moving forward to me, I just like run me further because it's a statue, it can't move, can it? Well, it can does. It move, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it depends on how close it moved to me. Yeah. Well, these do, it doesn't matter if you run, the next time you look, they're even closer to you. Well, then I destroy it. <laughs> so it can't move then, can it? I can't remember how they did get rid of them. I might have to re watch the episode. They probably like. Had to blow them up. Yeah, I really can't remember. <laughs> right, are you ready for the third and final story? Yes, I am. About 19 years ago, when I was 38, I went camping with some friends in the forest behind their house. The house was not far from the campsite, just across the hayfield. We had a fire going and we were chatting and having fun on a summer night. We'd met a girl earlier at Lake Michigan, and she joined us. She took the tent, and we slept around the fire. Suddenly, a bright light shone over us. We got up and felt a strong wind. The light moved away slowly, 
we thought it was a police helicopter looking for pot plants with a thermal camera. We lay down again, and soon our hearts were pounding. We heard a loud screech. Something heavy landed on the forest floor. We stood up and saw a creature that looked like a wolf, but bigger. It ran around us several times, really fast. The girl and two of my friends ran into the tent. The creature was gone, but we didn't know where. It had grey and white fur in patches. It moved like a human on all fours, but faster than a wolf. We noticed that the helicopter was still around. It moved from side to side, blocking the stars. We waited for ten minutes, absolutely petrified. We thought it was gone. We stayed awake for another hour, listening, and then eventually fell asleep. In the morning, everything was normal. I went to the house to get some food for breakfast. I felt like someone was watching me from the forest, but I ignored it. On my way back, I saw something different. There were three spots in the hay, flattened in a triangular shape. I felt a static in the air, and my hair stood up. I got closer to the forest and felt like I had to turn back. I saw something in the trees between two fields. It was a mix of a dog and a big ape, about six to seven feet tall. It stood on two legs, but it looked unstable. It swayed from side to side. I turned back and went to the campsite. I didn't tell anyone about it. We left the house after three hours, and we didn't see anything else. Four years after that first sighting, I saw the creature again on my family's land, about four miles away from where I saw it before. I was hunting alone in the woods that evening, and four does came near me. I was sitting in the thick woods, but I had a rifle that was good for a hundred yards. I had three lanes that were perfect for that rifle, and I had made a difficult shot on a buck two years ago from 75 yards, so I was confident with any shot. The does were relaxed and slowly grazing without any worries. After a while, the biggest doe kept looking behind them, hearing something that I couldn't. They all jumped at once and ran into the trees, trying to escape. I still heard nothing and saw nothing in the direction she was looking. Then I noticed a creature with grey and white hair, moving down like a dog hunting. I recognised it right away, but this time I felt calm, not anxious or scared like the first time. It wasn't because I had my rifle, because I had my shotgun the first time too. It moved through the woods and seemed to avoid me, but I felt like it knew I was there. It went behind the thick underbrush and jumped through the lanes I had, trying to stay hidden and not let me shoot. I wasn't going to shoot anyway, because I believe that cryptids and paranormal things should be seen and felt not attacked. It made a low growl as it was about to enter the field, about 75 yards away from me. 
I stayed for 30 minutes before going back for the night because nothing else would come after the creature. I walked back and didn't feel like I had to hurry or look back. When I got to the small grass field that we let grow on the land, there was a gust of wind and a dark object in the sky. I could see it better this time. It was a triangle shape, but with bulging sides. It moved slowly in the direction the creature went, and then it disappeared quickly in the other direction. Three years ago, I had another encounter with the same creature, but this time 50 to 55 miles south of the first place. I was hunting in the Allegan State game area, a few days into the firearm season. The area was full of hunters from everywhere, but I preferred to go to the harder places, where the city people didn't want to go. I was deep in the woods, near the Swan Creek area, and the sun was just rising enough to light up the dense trees. I always felt a bit weird and uneasy in that area, but that day it felt weirder. I didn't see any other cars on my way to the area, so I was hopeful for a good hunt. As time passed, I heard some deer coming in, and I hoped there'd be a buck among them. It was colder that morning than the previous ones, and I could see the breath of the animals. I saw the breath behind some berry shrubs and thought it was the deer I heard. I was excited to see them come out. After ten minutes... The breath was still there, and I started to wonder if there was a buck behind the shrubs, and he could smell me or scent something. Then the does ran out of the opening by the shrubs, and they were running fast through the woods. Right behind them, I saw something I'd forgotten, and this time my heart almost burst, and my anxiety was at its peak. I felt no threat from it, at least for the moment but my fight-or-flight response was at its highest, and I didn't know what to do. I was about a thousand yards away from my vehicle, in the thick woods with many hollows and ridges, and I had no one hunting with me to help. I had my shotgun with me, but I wasn't sure if it was enough to protect me from what I saw. I moved about 150 yards, slowly and quietly. I waited by a tree, and I looked and listened behind me. The woods were silent, no birds, no squirrels, no wind. Some might think this was great, because you could hear everything, but those who spend time in the woods know that when a top predator comes in, either the animals warn each other or they go silent. I kept moving faster and faster, and I kept checking my phone for better service, to call my in-laws to come to the area. I was maybe 200 yards from my vehicle when I saw what I thought was my end. On a small mound, about 75 yards away, there was a creature on all fours, but this one was different. The hair was brown and black, it looked bigger, and this time I could see the front half clearly. It was the same kind of beast I'd seen before, half-wolf, half great ape and I thought this thing was a creation of some crazy scientist 
It stared at me for about five minutes, and I was sure the other one was somewhere behind me watching. Then a big gust of air came through the trees, and the creature ran as if it was being chased. I leant against the tree, and I sighed and felt a huge relief, like a shower of protection. I opened my eyes and looked up, expecting to see the same thing as before, but there were only clouds in sky. Then the clouds seemed to warp and twist, like when glass has a curve or a flaw, and it changes your view of what's behind it. I knew it was another craft, flying above the trees, and it was either a different one or it had a different way of hiding, because it was daylight this time. That wasn't the end of it. For about two years after that, I had almost ghostly visits from these creatures. That's the best way to describe it. They would both show up in my woods when I was collecting firewood or walking with my kids. But I never felt the same way I did the other times. It was more like a memory in my head, except they moved and did things I didn't see before. For several years, I've not seen the creatures clearly but only glimpses of their shadows that resemble them and that keep approaching me from both sides. I'm puzzled by how what seemed to be a real physical encounter with a mysterious or supernatural being has turned into a more ghostly or spiritual presence that feels like a soul haunting me. Did they perish and I'm the only one they missed or are they sending me a signal like a summons? In any case... I've kept this secret for years and hidden the other two encounters from the few people I still keep in touch with from the initial group. I finally decided to share the encounters and events and let the others express their opinions and interpretations. It's not affected my life except for some near heart attacks from stress or some sleepless nights right after the encounters. You can make of it what you want and I'm eager to hear the feedback. I'm clueless, and I hope I can find some explanations for the most extreme situation I've ever faced out of all my encounters with physical anomalies and those that appeared to be those of long-ago trapped entities. Feel free to comment or not. I just needed to get it out there and wondered if there are others who've experienced the same kind of strange interactions that last for years and change dramatically. So that version makes it sound more like a, a UF, an alien yeah, coming out of a UFO or they're trying to get these things back up into the spaceship and take them away. Who knows? It's all sorts of stuff and ghosts and sounds more like an interdimensional being in that story, Yeah, I reckon. I've been up in our woods actually sometimes and I've walked to this, just this one section and a few times I've walked to this section, there has been... A wind, a really, really strong wind, but nowhere else. Yeah, I think it's probably a wind tunnel, like an area that it just like goes yeah. through. But it's really, it's really weird. And you go back into it, and like you've got twigs that fly in, and you know all sorts of stuff come out of it, and it's silent. Yeah, that's what they say in it. It's like if it's like goes like kind of windy and like just cold out of nowhere, then it's like something there, isn't there? Like mm. spirits. Yeah, I'll have to go up again next year to that spot. I know where it is exactly. And it, yeah, it gets windy. No apparent reason. Yeah. Spooky. You probably stand there feeling like you're like a, 
and Mother Nature standing there like that. I have done, actually. <laughs> you know me so well. <laughs> I'm like, this is my power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a nutter up in the woods. <laughs> Storm from it. Yeah. yeah, and also once I was walking there, I put my foot down a badger, set, you know, in a, a badger hole. Re- yeah. I really, really hurt myself. <laughs> that's the end of this episode i hope you enjoyed and we'll catch up again soon we will indeed we will catch up with you again on thursday take care everyone goodbye are you ready to enhance your future in tech then it's time to make your move to the uk the nation that has more tech unicorns than france germany and sweden combined The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK.